What is up? Welcome, Mr. Green Guy Trucker Hat, the newest member of the Kingpilled channel. Yeehaw, How does it brother. Feel to be part of the Kingpilled. 10 4. <laughs> Welcome to Kingpilled. When my folks. big my big rig gets a rumbling. I damn near put my tractor in the rhubarb, brother. <laughs> See, this is normally what Cooper Cooper uh, looks like all day when he's at work. This is how he dresses up for his steel delivering business. <laughs> Yeehaw, brother. I almost probably doxed you too much. I won't do that. <clears throat> oh, really? Welcome to Kingpilled, folks. I'm Matt. That's Cooper. <laughs> yeah, he's I don't all want green these people showing weird. up at my house. <laughs> if Jihad Jimmy comes to my house, I'll be upset. Don't do it, Jihad Jimmy. Definitely don't go to Cooper's address. Hold on, I'll text it to you. <laughs> I got a red light bulb here. It's not very bright. Yeah, it's not making much of a difference. I didn't realize it was there until he said something. Yeah, the hat is black, actually. Here. Oh, really? Okay, well, then that... Oh, that's kind of Oh, cool. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's good that's right there. That's pretty good. Well, <laughs> I'm red. Guys, I'm red now. <laughs> I'm not red green like anymore. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> we. Oh, man, I forgot to have the Soviet national anthem queued up. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Uh, you you have turned on uh, on Jill Stein and embraced your your commie background. Well, speaking of commies, we're going to talk about Russia today. We're uh, we got a few different things to hit here. <laughs> Comrade Cooper, that's me. <laughs> Down with these fucking bourgeois pigs. <laughs> I forgot to mention. Thank you for the gifted memberships. Random username. He uh he gifted a second one because he gifted the first one and he gave it to Cooper. <laughs> so he gifted a second one. Welcome Joshua Ham. You are now a member of the Kingpilled. If uh if this is your guys' first time watching, then uh, do us a favor and hit subscribe. Uh, you can even be a member if you want. I think it's five bucks a month. And then uh, right now it says we've got 19 viewers and 11 likes. So we're falling behind early, folks. Please uh. Please improve your numbers. There they go. We are streaming I, um, live on YouTube and on Twitter and on Facebook, so you can also follow us in those places. Real King Pilled on Twitter. And we're on all your Apple, Spotify, podcasts, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, housekeeping done. Go for it, Cooper. Uh, what was I going to say? Um, well, as you can tell, or I hope you can tell, I no longer have the AIDS. I have recovered from the AIDS. And now Xavier has it, apparently. Oh really? That's what he just posted in the in the Discord. Oh dude, he came over to my house the other day to pick up some meat. And he was uh -huh. in for like he was in my house for maybe two minutes. That's what he said. He said he said he was there for five minutes and he got sick. <laughs> oh, poor guy. I feel bad. He hasn't even said anything to me. That's what he gets for being so pretty. I think that's that's yeah. the problem. Yeah, the AIDS just just latched itself onto it. I was feeling pretty AIDSy this morning when I woke up, but I'm feeling better now. Well, that's good. A good buddy. Oh man, I, I I don't remember exactly how it's pronounced. It's either Colum Rosh or Colum Rache. I can't remember. He he corrected us on the on the voice chat the other day. I'm gonna guess Colum Rosh. 
He said, is this the podcast with all those Zio shills? That's right. I forgot about that. That uh, that was a little blip at the end of my very busy I've day. I've always pronounced day. it Column Rock. That's what I did, too. But he said that it's uh, it's Rosh. Column Rosh. Yep. Yeah. No, Column Rock. Like, uh, like Schoolhouse Rock. Oh, yeah. Whenever I said Column Rock, I always thought of it as like two words. Like like a rock column, column rock. Can the, uh, can the people see when I mirror my, like I'm mirroring, yes. can they see that? Yeah. Or can you just see yes. that? Um, oh, whoops. Well, I don't know. I can see it. I'm pretty sure they can see it as well. I don't know what Guys, would be my mirroring? just me being able to see it. Am I flipping back and forth? Is Cooper having a seizure? Oh, they see it. Okay. Yeah. They well, see now it. I'm looking at you. Yes, you are. And I'm looking kind of away from you. I've got a, a new monitor mount. I'm trying to reduce the footprint that my freaking setup here takes in the room. So I got a monitor mount and mounted it to my desk. And I got the one that has five different attachments. So I could do two screens, a light, my camera, and my mic all on one thing. So I could get everything off my desk. And I ordered it, and it arrived. And then I discovered that my light won't attach to it. And then the second monitor that I ordered got here, and my second monitor doesn't attach to it either. So I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I didn't plan this out very well. I just kind of impulsively was just like, hey, order some shit, and it's bite me in the ass now. Because I think I'm, there's no point really in keeping this. It's a, it's like a five attachment thing. There's no point in having the five attachment thing if I'm only using it for one thing. I might as well just, just downsize. Two bit podcast. So are you guys, are you guys getting paid to Zio shill? Apparently. This was uh, this is what we discovered the other night. Mm -hmm. I thought it was funny that that of all the possible things that we would get accused of, it was Zionism. I never I never thought that Zionism would be the. I was surprised thing. by that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that guy was very upset. Um, but I was, I was almost a little offended. <laughs> I I just kind of felt sorry for him. I was like, like it's it's got to be hard to have your. I don't know your your Jew radar, your Jew lover radar, be that that like completely far removed from reality. The the yeah. basis for this, for I guess most people may may not know if you're not following me on Twitter, the basis or you're not in the in the Kingpill Discord, the basis for this was uh, um, I I don't even remember what I said. Something like there's a guy on Twitter who said that oh, we were talking about Javier Malay, and I just endorsed something he said basically that, that this is. Malay going and saying he wants to be the Antichrist or whatever, you know, he wants to, to have the, the Jewish third temple built and all this, like everyone's spurging out about this and they're like, Oh, we got to disassociate from him. We got to counter signal him. And my take is just basically like a, like a, a Charles Haywood idea of like no enemies on the right. At the very least, if this guy's not on the right, at the very least, he's useful to us. So just associating him with Zionism, like highlighting the Zionist aspect in him just reinforces Zionists. So you're, you're basically just like they're, they're, they're foot soldiers doing their work, indicating how advanced all their networks are and how powerful and far reaching. And I mean, I, my, my default assumption is that any politician, particularly any prominent politician is, is, at some level actively or passively a Zionist. I just, it's my default assumption. So it's like, this guy's clearly different than the rest of them. He's clearly doing things that are different than what they're doing. So if you're starting from the baseline assumption of all of them are Zionists, then 
the Zionists that do things that make me happy, I'm going to say, great, I like this. I'm not going to say the Zionists who do things that I like are exactly the same as Zionists who right. do things I yeah, don't like. like. If I have to choose between the Zionists, like normal Zionists who sucks and Zionists who sucks but also slashes entire government agencies, I'm probably going to go with the latter, you know? Right. I don't understand why this is such a difficult concept. But apparently this is a this is evidence of the rising orthodox impulse for baptism. This was the the that apparently BAP and his cronies have been found out. So now they're operating covertly through orthodox communities on Twitter. This is this really is the, the I didn't I level. haven't yeah. I did not know about this development. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh um I guess fortunately for my mentions, the guy uh um the guy decided to take Twitter off for Lent. He was he was badgering me and and uh, so I started just making fun of him and then and then he was he was like, Well, aren't you gonna answer my questions? And I was like, well, No, if you're gonna come at me like this, I'm not gonna sit here and I was like, if you wanna know what I what I'm advancing, as he put it, I was like, Here, here's the list of episodes. Go listen to them. This it's I've laid everything I laid everything out there. I'm not hiding anything. And uh, he came back, he's like, Well, why can't you just answer a simple question? And I'm like, No, I'm choosing not to answer a simple question because you're annoying. And I'm getting the idea that answering this simple question is going to have to be like scrawled out in crayon because you're not really impressing me with your uh, your ability to grasp nuance here. And so, uh, so finally, I was just like, all right, here's the deal. I will bring you on to a live stream. You can call in as long as you want. Ask me as many questions as you want. I don't care. I have one condition. You need to take the next 12 days and listen to each of the of the previous 12 episodes that we've done on the show. If you want extra credit, you can also listen to my interview on, on Pete Quinones and the, the Civilization podcast, Civilization Capital podcast I've been doing with Tubit Podcast. I said, go listen to these and then write me a 250-word essay on what you believe that I am advancing. If you do that, then I'll bring you on the show. We can have a great conversation. Um, I knew, of course, that this was never going never gonna to happen. He's never going to do that. But... Uh, um, then it got him running away from it. So anyways, I was remembering a, f I don't know, a few months back when uh, our good friend Jason from the, uh, the, the two bit podcast, he had some guy going at him for days, just relentlessly haranguing him about something. He just kept telling the dude, buy me a box of chocolates. You buy me a box of chocolates. I'll tell you whatever you want. Buy me a box of chocolates, send it to me and I'll tell you whatever I want, man. It is so funny to watch these guys like just spurg the hell out when you when you give him something like that uh all right so let's see what should we do first here let us let's talk about we'll, we'll, we'll talk about there's a couple things i want i want to get into here today but uh we'll start off with uh, the the subject of the of the show based on the title here tucker's russia trip and uh um, I did a nice little clickbaity title here. Was it a failure or a success? Now, obviously, failure or success uh, implies some sort of standard by which to judge that. So we have to decide who's failure and who's success. Um, and in this particular one, it was interesting. There was a lot of there was a lot of opinions. A lot of people had their thoughts about it. Most of them were of the mind. Basically, this interview was really weird. Neither guy came off particularly well. Um, and we just don't know what to do with it. That seemed to be kind of the prevailing sentiment if I was to, to distill everything down. I, I thought that this was absolutely fascinating. Now, now here's, here's how I was approaching it. 
this this was I, this is kind of old news. This was what like a week ago, ten days ago, something like that. Uh, this is this is we didn't talk about it. We had a bunch of interviews and everything lined up, so we haven't actually touched on it. I never even watched the interview. I had my opinion on the interview established without watching it, just by watching the response to it. So I had my opinion going into it, which I'm going to read you guys here in just a second, just to to kind of set the stage, and then and then I had my reaction to people's responses and based on people's responses to it i can triangulate i mean number one i found out a lot of the content that was in the interview saw a lot of little clips and stuff um but i think the the substance of this interview is less important i think there's very interesting substantial stuff to it but the substance of this interview is less important than the fact of the interview the fact that the interview happened and what that means You do it so good. So this is what I was, this is what I wrote when uh, we first found out that it was going to be happening, that the interview was going to happen. Um, so good friend of the, of the show here, Glonk Respector, tweeted, <laughs> it's the best name ever, Glonk Respector. Yeah, so good. It's like instant, instant initiation into the Hall of Fame. <laughs> yeah, Glonk, I love it. Uh. So Glonk Respector, uh, when he he quote tweeted uh, Tucker's uh, little video, he said about why I'm interviewing Vladimir Putin. And he said, making a move like this has to mean he has confidence that the counter elite have enough power within the system to protect him or the current regime is much weaker than most people think. I would say both. Either way, I think it says a lot about the state of the current power struggle. Uh, King Pilled, what do you think? So this is my my thoughts on it. So I said strong agree. Tucker interviewing Putin in Moscow is an unambiguous challenge, one of the most brazen we've ever seen, to the supremacy of the regime and its narrative. And by regime, I don't just mean the Biden administration, I mean the entire Atlantis' power block. It simultaneously signals, one, the growing power of the ascending counter-elite that we've talked about on here a lot lately, seen most clearly in the developing alliance between Silicon Valley VC types and the Hillsdale Heritage Project 2025 junto. They've found common cause in China hawkishness, immigration restriction, and the restoration of legitimate executive power. That's the thing that, that those are the, the things that it seems really uh, unite all of these. These are the things that these different different power blocks, uh, like two, two primary lower level power blocks. The Project 2025 one is a lot more coalesced. The Silicon Valley one is a little more distributed, but these two power blocks have a common cause. And the thing that they that they have in common is that I've picked up on thus far is China hawkishness, immigration restriction, and the restoration of legitimate executive power in the U.S. The other thing that it signals is the diminution of the capacity for narrative containment and power projection within the existing re regime structure. So there, there's no way that the existing regime wants Tucker Carlson going to Russia, sitting down in the Kremlin, and having an interview, an open-ended two-hour interview with Vladimir Putin, and then publishing it in, in full on the most popular social media network on the planet and having it just out there. There's no way that any of them are happy about this. And we, of course, we saw this with all the, with the, uh, what's his name? The, um, the fat, bald, ugly neocon guy. Um, what's his name? Bill Crystal. Bill Crystal said when he first found out about this, 
that uh, that essentially that 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 Tucker Carlson needs to be prosecuted for treason and needs to be prevented from reentering the country. And so there was all. Yeah, thank you, Marshall. Yeah, I, I realize that saying fat, bald, ugly neocon guy probably isn't all that helpful because it's kind of it's not very specific. Um, so there's no there's no idea that these people are happy that this is happening. So I, I wrote, Tucker is framing this appropriately as journalism and informing the American public, which I think is, is like, this is what a journalist would do. Like, this is what um, actual real journalism Wait. that has prosecuted what? for treason. Or, I, yeah. didn't, I didn't know we were at war with Russia. Ah, right. Isn't that interesting? Uh -huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, or are we? Yeah, did have you listened to the conversation between uh, Tucker and Putin? No, I just list. I just finished it like like twenty minutes ago. Um, it's very interesting. There's a lot of one of the things I think that doesn't strike people as as that interesting about it is that uh, a lot of the things if if this conversation had happened, I don't know, five years ago, then a lot of the things that that Putin said would have been treated as like completely beyond the pale, like just just like nobody would have accepted them but over the past five years as the the i guess as the light has begun to shine and all of the all of the the regime rats have been brought out into the light it's sort of become common knowledge a lot of these things about the corruption of the cia the incompetence of the state department the the collaboration uh with ukraine to 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 like to, to fashion Ukraine as an artificial identity and use it to encroach upon Russia and all these different things that are just that are that are border almost common knowledge. This isn't even just something restricted to like right wing Twitter. A lot of these things are even just sort of generally accepted now. So I think it 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 doesn't strike some people as that significant because these things have already been made public. But getting that getting confirmation of this that this is the perspective that the Russian head of state has. He's reflecting all the things that we're saying, I think is 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 very interesting. I think it's very notable, even if he's doing it simply because he's trying to reflect like if he's just full of shit, which I don't think he is. It seems pretty obvious he's not. But if he's just full of shit and he's just trying to trying to to, to sow discord and, and whatever, the fact that that's the thing that he's 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 clinging to. And and uh, not even clinging to that's kind of framing it the wrong way. But that's that that that's the, the the tack he's taking is itself interesting. So, so this is like this is journalism. Like this is what this is what journal journalism. If there's any sort of uh, uh, glory in that career, this is what it would look like. <clears throat> but this is clearly the revelation of the development of parallel diplomatic relations with one of the most globally powerful heads of state, circumventing and rendering moot the traditional channels of governance. This was the part that stood out to me the entire time I was listening to the interview. Once I, I already knew what it was about. I had my opinions formed based on just seeing the response because I think the response is, is, and the way that it's being narratively framed is probably the most important uh, storyline of all. But after listening to it, that was reinforced for me. And in particular, this part was reinforced. That this was, this was a diplomatic relations uh, event. This was this was Putin uh, delivering to those who will listen his perspective to demonstrate that he's not some crazed like bloodthirsty warlord. He's actually kind of just a a, a bit of a nerd. Like 
he's a nerd who is is has very uh effectively surmounted his his uh his particular political structure but he's still kind of a nerd honestly the the this is gonna sound this is a hell of a sound bite but the the way that he talked just like his his demeanor and the way he kind of goes down these really deep autistic rabbit holes and just the way he communicates reminded me a lot of peter Thiel. there they <laughs> seem personality wise to be very similar um <laughs> sociopaths probably potentially yeah but even autists. like yeah, autists big time like he's yeah. he's very clearly very autistic and and very much like uh um, you can tell that he's genuinely ex like exhausted and exasperated in dealing with the West. Not because he thinks that we're evil, as much as he thinks that we're a bunch of incompetent morons. But it's like, the West is being governed by incompetent morons, but these incompetent morons are like, you know, like waving around lightsabers. So like, you <laughs> have to deal with them. You have to sit here and tolerate them and try to negotiate and try to establish some sort of a mutual understanding and just being like, there's one thing that he, he, he highlighted multiple times that, that Tucker was drawing out of him. Tucker's role in this conversation was actually, I think very similar to Charlie Kirk's role in the conversation with Curtis Yarvin, where he's pressing him on certain issues and he's, he's drawing stuff out and he's, he's framing the conversation with the questions that he's asking and allowing Putin to, to to make a number of points uh, that would reinforce the way Tucker sees the world, um, very much similar to the way Charlie Kirk was doing with Yarvin. Um, one of the things that he brought up multiple times is how essentially like the the behavior of the Western powers is primitive. He's like, how do you how are you not capable of functioning maturely in any type of type of diplomacy relationship? How is it that one of your people comes and says one thing to me and makes promises and then someone else comes and says, oh, no, it's just complete. Like, how are you this disorganized and and chaotic and 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 functionally primitive? He has the perspective of like a statesman who recognizes that he is in a vulnerable position here. He's recognizing that he's not the big dog at the table, but he's also recognizing that the big dog at the table table is kind of retarded. <laughs> He's like, how do I, how do I communicate with you? How do I relate to you? And pretty soon he's just gotten to the point where he's like, you know, whatever, like you guys, you're going to do whatever you're going to do. You're going to be, um, just completely beyond the pale, corrupt and immoral and unethical and negotiate in bad faith and just do the most just absurd things. And then stand there going, what is he talking about? How, there's no way we've never done anything like that. What are you talking about? He's insane. He's just like, you gotta be fucking kidding. Like, what is wrong with you people? Like, this is, this is the posture that he has. Uh, and <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's kind of entertaining. And, and Tucker served as a, as a good foil for him. Um, but, uh, one of the things that they, they drew out of this conversation was that there are very clearly distinct factions and like a, a big rift in the US governmental structure, that it has just fundamental uh, uh, breakdowns in communication and functionality, and that there are, there are the people that he's negotiating, and there are the people who are making decisions, and then there are the, the, the people who want the decisions 
to be made in a certain way. And all these different competing interests are all just disorganized and it's never clear who's the actual power broker here. Who's the actual person who can make the decision? He said, uh, one of the funny things he said it just came to mind is uh, that uh, George Bush Jr., he said something basically like, I know he had the reputation in your country of being like a, like a yokel or like a, like a country bumpkin, but he said he's actually he was a very sharp guy, and we had a very, very respectful, cordial relationship. He, was, he knew what was going on, and he, he knew how to, how, to, how, to, how to relate to things. But then he contrasted that, not explicitly, but that was contrasted with the way he talked about, uh, um, about Bill Clinton. And basically, uh, his his the insinuation with Clinton was that he was just kind of a kind of like a party boy moron, just sort of like 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 Trudeau kind of just oh yeah, you know I talked to him and he was like oh, and then he went and he talked to somebody else. He came oh no no, uh, so he didn't. I don't think he mentioned Obama once, which was interesting. He mentioned Trump uh, a couple of times. One time it was pretty obvious Trump was who he was talking about, but he didn't name him. And another time. He compared Trump to Bush Jr. as an example of like, basically said like he was a normal person that I could sit down and have a conversation with without all of these pretenses and, you know, without it feeling weird. So, so going into this, my, my, my read on this is that this is not just, oh, Tucker is going and he's, he's doing a great interview with this head of state. My read on this is this is actually the opening of a diplomatic channel. Like now, now that we have, the, it's very clear that there is a um, this rising counter elite, and it's not entirely clear what their posture is with respect to Russia. It's very clear what their posture is with, with respect to China, but Russia is kind of TBD. And what characterizes these people is that they're kind of actually people. They're not just automatons of the of the machine. They actually are like semi-competent and so this is this is putin getting out ahead of this he's like all right i'm gonna have a conversation with you guys i don't i know that you guys don't officially represent the united states right now i know that you guys kind of have issues with even that that base concept of what it would mean to be and have an identity and have people represent that identity and function as a sovereign power you guys kind of have issues with that but i see that some of you are starting to make some moves and I'm going to preemptively make my case to you as to why, if and when you guys get yourselves into power, then we can actually start having a conversation like adults rather than this, this retarded child's play stuff that's going on with Europe and the U.S. and everything. That was my expectation going into the interview, and that came through just loud and clear. Like understanding kind of the behind the scenes. Like what, Otherwise, what is, what is Putin's and what, what's, his, what's his purpose here? Like the, the decision to go into this 30 minute autistic deep dive on the like 1200 years of Russian history clearly indicates that the purpose of this conversation was not like reaching the American public. I mean, he's, he clearly doesn't have a high opinion of the United States. He really wouldn't have a high opinion of the American public. He's not going to give a shit about like the American public hearing what he has to say. By the same token, he doesn't, he's, he could say any of this that he at any point. He probably has said this stuff before to the powers that be, the actual existing regime. So who is this message directed at? It's directed at, I think, for one thing, the um, broader coalition of, of countries who are speak, becoming ascending powers 
and beginning to get to the point where they're going to have to you know, basically decide which which side of things here in this new multipolar world are we going to throw our lot. And but then even more than that, I think that this this the purpose of this was opening diplomatic channels with in a way that can't be censored, where he can put all of his thoughts out in one place, make the case for who he sees himself to be, or at least who he wants to present himself as for the sake of negotiating and diplomacy going forward. This struck me just very much as just a, a, a diplomatic conversation where I'm coming here in the, as a formal diplomat to make the case for me and my people. And you're here as a representative for your people. We fully understand what your position is with respect to everybody else. We both, everyone here knows, we know what's going on. And we're going to have this conversation to, 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 to um, essentially open new diplomatic channels. That was the, the way that it struck me. Um, so, and I've, to finish off the tweet here, I said, this is the real significance of Elon's takeover of Twitter. It's not simply about allowing pro provocative shitheads to say whatever they want. Of course, I love me some provocative shitheads. No, it's about co-opting and weaponizing the town square against a decaying, corrupt elite class. In this sense, Twitter is a vastly more crucial and valuable company than Google, Apple, and Microsoft combined. 2024 is a seminal year in world history. I don't know what's going to happen, but I don't know. But I, that was a, a typo. But I know it's a departure from recent history, and it's only just begun. Um, so that was, that was my take going into it. Um, oh, I, I had this video here that I just wanted to share because um, this guy amuses me. And it's topical. So Russell Brand is an interesting one. I want to sit down and listen to his conversation with with Tucker because I think I think he's pretty clearly still a lib. Well, he's very I mean, he, I don't even think that's obvious. He's still a lib, but he's not a shit lib. He's mm -hmm. a he's kind of an interesting more of maybe like a, this is going to piss some people off, but <clears throat> more of like a Brett Weinstein kind of he's where he he's very given over to liberal sensibilities and wants to live in a liberal world, but he's starting to very clearly recognize the shortcomings of it. And he's identifying a lot of the, the um, he's, he's, he's a clear headed, sincere person. Um, yeah. He seems honest. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Uh, Marshall says he's one of the few good libs like Jimmy Dore. Yeah. I mean, I, I would put, yeah, Jimmy Dore would be kind of in a, in a similar boat to me. Um, honestly, I would put someone even like, uh, I mean, <laughs> It's kind of changing due to the circumstances here, but even like um, RFK, uh, Robert F. Kennedy, um, I think he's he's he strikes me has struck me for a long time as a sincere person. The act of running for president and everything he's getting into that is is kind of uh, is kind of killing that. But um, so here this this video was was Russell Brand reacting to uh, reacting to people reacting to uh, to Tucker, and it's just funny. I just like listening to Russell Brand talk. I, I could listen to him read the phone book. Tucker Carlson's a journalist. A journalist has every right to speak to a world leader. Meanwhile, Tucker is using a very different aspect of his persona because he is in Russia. Let's have a look at Alexei Media reporting on that. Tucker Carlson apparently pictured in Russia amid rumors of interview with Putin. Former Fox News host, check this, bit of propaganda even there, who is sympathetic to the Russian president. I don't know that you would say that Tucker Carlson is sympathetic to the Russian president. Now, former chief... See, he recognizes that propaganda, and I, I might not have even necessarily picked up on that immediately, which is probably... Oh, I would have, I would have seen I'm a that little, immediately. 
I I would have glazed over it because I would have I wouldn't have even registered it as propaganda. I would have just registered it as like a, like of course this is how these people talk. So to the each whole other, thing which, is propaganda. Which very much is yeah. propaganda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chief of Staff Bill Crystal, who played a Bill leading Crystal. role in advocating for the 2003 invasion of 2003. Iraq. This is what he posted about Tucker. Perhaps we Bill need Crystal. a total and complete shutdown of Tucker Carlson. Re-entering the United Why do British States people do that? Particularly that particular. That kind of accent, that specific UK accent where they pronounce that like T's or TH's with an F. Oh, they Free. mix up their fricatives. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Free. 2003. <laughs> Boys play juice. <laughs> I forgot that this was what Bill Crystal had said. Perhaps we need a total and complete shutdown of Tucker Carlson re-entering the United States until our country's representatives can figure out what is going on. The old boomer is trying to use a, he's trying to meme. It just, it just comes off as really awkward. <laughs> so we need a total and complete shutdown of Tucker Carlson re-entering the United States until our country's representatives can figure out what's going on. I think what they're realizing, if Tucker Carlson posts a conversation on X that won't censor it with Putin, and Putin says, these are the conditions under which we would be willing to accept a diplomatic agreement, and we all see it. How many of you want your taxpayer dollars and pounds going upstream to NATO? Maybe Russia NATO. is an imperialist, expansionist nation that has designs to recreate the Soviet Union. You know what? I'd like to see an interview with a guy that's running that country. And to say that it's treason to have that conversation, what do the legacy media think they're playing at? What do they think they're dealing with? Dupes? Dope? and rubes from rinky-dink towns that don't know nothing that can't assess information for themselves stay free see it first on rumble <laughs> dupes dopes and rubes <laughs> he's always struck me as one of those where we're just any conversation like any form of of speech for him is a performance it's like it's like a performance art the way the way Yarvin writes, it's like that's kind of the way he talks. <clears throat> I love I love Yarvin's writing. Me too. His prose yeah, it, is so good. Yes, dude. yes, it's so entertaining. He, he I remember with personality. Like two summers ago, when I first was getting into him, I was reading UR, and I was um, it was like four in the morning. This is when I was still getting up stupid early, and it's on a Saturday or something. It's my day off, and I'm reading UR. And he makes me mention of uh, he has some long diatribe about like Sam, I think it's Sam Adams. And then he just dismisses him real quickly saying, yeah, but by all accounts, he was a scoundrel. Oh, and by the way, his beer sucks. And I don't know why, but the way he delivered it was so perfect that I was like cracking up and crying. At four in the morning in the dark by myself reading you are <laughs> it's so punchy mm -hmm. yeah it's like uh it, it it has this like really like scholarly depth to it that's punctuated by this like sarcastic uh punchy personality of course in us, uh, in us saying that there's, there's this. Well, uh, I'll get it. I'll get into that in a little bit. I, I want to touch on something else before we. Um... I always appreciate when writers or artists of various stripes kind of oscillate between like really high brow and really low brow. Uh huh. 
Yeah. Okay. So let me pull up this other video. I don't need that open. Okay. So today, was this today? No, yesterday. Um, I've been doing real estate continuing education classes, which have just just completely melted my brain. It's the the literally the most boring thing I've ever been a part of. <laughs> but I have to just I have to be sitting here on camera because that's the lowest overhead option. The other one is like you have to go through the interactive thing online where it's like you have to play let the video play or you have to sit there long enough for the time to go by where you can skip to the next thing and go through <laughs> all the modules or you have to go and sit in a physical class. So the Zoom class is the lowest overhead thing. So I can be like kind of working and doing stuff and taking notes and working and taking notes and and uh, uh, posting on Twitter. And so I'm just sitting here. I'm just like, <sighs> so um so that's why I, I, I have no you ever like have you ever had to do like OSHA training? Yes, it's like yeah, that. imagine that for the... like two days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got to go through the modules and you're just <laughs> yeah. waiting for the fucking time limit to run out so you can skip. Uh huh. <laughs> and you're just gonna go to the test at the end and you're just gonna spam them and uh huh. Oh, you're gonna fail and you're just gonna take it again until you get do it, it again. right. Yeah, right. Ah. <laughs> uh... Okay, so so yesterday, Tucker Carlson posted this video, and this generated a pretty significant hue and cry, but not from the people I would have expected. So yeah, Tucker interesting. Carlson, yes. Um, I've seen a lot of spurgery around this. Okay, well, I want to get your opinion on it after we watch the video. Okay. Oh, I, I most of the spurgery I saw was related to the when he went into the supermarket. Um, yeah, I was going to pull that one up and watch that one as well. Um, I'm wondering if it's even going to play. You understand a society is through its infrastructure, the places where people gather, the places where they go to travel. If you've got a lot of people in one place, it tells you a lot about the people. So with that in mind, we're standing in front of the Kievskaya metro station and there's a train station next to it. Now, the metro station was built by Joseph Stalin 70 years ago. And the question is, how's it doing now, after 70 years? So we went into it to take a look, and what we found shocked us. Now, that's not an endorsement of Stalin, who was bad, obviously, nor is it an endorsement of the current president, Vladimir Putin, you may not like him either. But it doesn't change the reality of what we saw, or more precisely didn't see. There's no graffiti, there's no filth, there's no foul smells, there are no bums or drug addicts or rapists or people waiting to push you onto the train tracks and kill you. No, it's perfectly clean and orderly. And how do you explain that? We're not even going to guess. That's not our job. We're only gonna ask the question. And if your response is to shout at us slogans dumber than the slogans we used to call Soviet and mock, that's not really an answer. How does Russia, a country we're told is a gas station with nuclear weapons, have a subway station that normal people use to get to work and home every single day that's nicer than anything in our country? We're not gonna, get, we're not gonna speculate. We're just gonna raise the question and wait for someone in charge to give us an answer. What is the answer? So we'll stop the lecture and let you take a look for yourself at what the Kievskaya metro station in Moscow, Russia looks like today, February, 2024, in the middle of a war. Here it is. In the middle of a war. <laughs> I like how he gets that little little point in there. Can you back it up? 
Can you back it up to the picture? Back further. That one. Um, keep going. Pause it. That guy right there on the on the right hand side with the brown vest on, that's the guy from the meme who's standing up. The guy from the meme who's standing up. You know the meme where you got the people all sitting down in that room and there's the guy standing up making an announcement? Oh, yeah. That's the guy. Oh, yeah, it totally looks like him. Yeah, the one that's like uh, the, the guy who's not... Uh, he's, he's used as like the one who's standing against the crowd. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that totally looks like him. That's funny. <laughs> I like the soundtrack. It's like Lady in the Dream. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So there's that one. What are your What are your thoughts on that one? While I find the uh, the grocery store one. Um, trains run on time. Looks good to me. <laughs> uh-huh. Where is the grocery store one? Did he not post it on Twitter? Let's see. I saw it on Twitter. As TK said, he's doing the, the Boris Yeltsin thing. Yeah, if you remember when Boris Yeltsin came to Texas and like went to the Texas grocery store, he's like, wow, look at this. We've got uh, look at the, look at all the stuff that you've got here. This is amazing, <laughs> and it was like one of the things that really uh, uh, like broke the the perception of um, well for the Soviet people of what what America actually looked like. They realized all of a sudden that they'd been had. <laughs> Not all of a sudden, but um, let's see here. Where is this video? This is <laughs> brilliant podcast hosting, I know. The thing that I was <clears throat> I was uh <clears throat> struck by with that is so so a lot of people are like, oh, this is propaganda, this is what's what's Tucker's angle, what's you know they're I think a lot of people aren't getting what they're doing. Of course it's propaganda. Of course. That's exactly what it is. And someone like Tucker Carlson, with the historical knowledge that Tucker Carlson obviously has, knows exactly what he's doing. I don't know where the the, the grocery store one is. I'm, I'm not going to keep looking for it. Um, you can probably find it if you want. Go find the video of, of Tucker. He's like walking around in a, a grocery store, looking at like how, how all the different options that they have, and they've he, he the groceries aren't that expensive, and and all the people who are are uh, reacting to it. These are like these are like right wing Twitter people are reacting to it and they're like well T tucker's not taking into account the fact that that the average income for a russian is much lower than the u.s so if you adjust for for that then, <clears throat> and it's like it's like people are taking yeah, this dude. as 
as Tucker is trying to say that that Russia is better than the United States or something. I, I, yeah, I know. They just went full retard because then, yeah, they were like, <clears throat> I saw that. I saw people like, well, if you adjust for like, and they, they immediately turned into like the trust of science people where they're like pulling up sources and stuff like that from like, you know, the United States, like, I don't know, labor department of labor statistics or whatever, where there's like the average, the average American spends like 8% of his income on groceries. Uh, whereas in Russia, they spend 34% of their income on groceries. And I'm like, what are you guys talking about? Why do you believe that number? First of all, that's total bullshit. Just, I spend at least a third of my income on fucking groceries. What are you talking about? Right there, there's your 33%, if not more. Mm -hmm. I don't care what some, like, Fed website says. They're wrong. And what Tucker's doing here, like, the actual substance of, of what he's... Ugh, the actual substance of it doesn't matter. It's very obvious what he's doing. He's he's memeing the, the like... Uh, uh, like pre, I don't know, uh, pre-2000 journalist, American journalist who would go into the third world country and be like, look at this. Look at how amazing. The, look, the guys who would go into all the communist countries and they would go try to frame how the communist country is actually just look how wonderful and amazing it is. He's doing yeah. that exact thing. But what he's revealing to the people who are watching is that, where was the, actually, I said it perfectly here earlier, that he... I put down my thoughts in a um, on on Twitter so that I can remember them, so I can refer back to them later on because I have lots of thoughts in the day. Um, he is. I tweeted too much today. Okay, I said I'm seeing a lot of people completely missing the point here. To the vast majority of Americans, Russia is a fictional land full of bizarre people with a totally foreign culture. To the extent that they're completely unrelatable to us, they can be maintained as a boogeyman. So the the when the American, like New York Times journalists, would go into a communist country, they would go to the place that was all previous. It was like it was laid out, prepared for their visit, and they would like go Pyongyang, and they would just, yeah. yeah, they would just go see the specific areas that were prepared to make it look amazing. And then it's like behind the the television set, it's a fucking wasteland. Tucker's doing <laughs> the inversion of that. He's going into just just middle of Moscow, and he's like, "Look, this is these aren't these aren't like." uncivilized savages this is actually like a healthy stable civilization they might have different values than us but in a lot of ways those different values are are are, are noble these are honorable values to have it's honorable for a country to have its own values like that you don't need them to be very they don't need them to be your values you just you, you can recognize this is a stable competent functional country it's like, like it's like how when you say he's making me it's like you <laughs> You're stimming. Uh, it's like, uh, like if I say, if I say India, you know, you, the first thing that comes to mind is like sh shit, shit yeah, water right. in the streets. You know, there's just that Joking association. And... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Cooking dogs and like walking on them and. <laughs> Yeah, just like rubbing hitting... rubbing dirt off your feet all over the all over the meat, <laughs> stomping on it to tenderize it. <laughs> like s swinging babies into trees and stuff. <laughs> Shit eating mud people. Heads. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> oh, the shit-eating mud people. <laughs> so, in the same way that I just have this immediate association in my head when I hear India, I'll admit that still to this day, though I know it is contrary to reality, I still have this association in my head when I hear Russia, I just assume brutalist architecture and gulags, and you know, like yes. starving people. So I think that's what he, you know, he's trying to dispel that myth. Right, right. And he's doing, he's ingratiating himself to the Russians, which is, again, serving as a diplomatic channel. Like, look, I'm going to come do positive propaganda for your country. I'm going to, I'm going to frame your country in a positive light, which is going to continue to drive a wedge between the, the um, existing regime and its people which is one of the necessary pretexts for for moving beyond it. Like, yeah, like the American the American this, uh, the American conception of Russia is stuck in like 1980. Right. And I know this from people personally who've gone to visit Russia, who've lived in Russia that I know personally now who come back and they're like, "Yeah, it's you know, it's not the United States. There's there's definitely creature comforts that the US has that they don't have." And you got to make sure that you go you, you know, you stay in the right neighborhoods or you avoid certain areas. But I mean, there's plenty of places like that in the United States. You're not going to go walk throughout most of Chicago at night or New York. These, yeah, these you know, places are, are just as primitive or more so. Yeah, I would be interested to see like with the crime. I I'd be interested to compare crime statistics between Russia and the U.S. I, I bet we've got them beat by a large margin on a lot of different... Uh, you know, bullet points. Mm -hmm. And that's another thing I see people spurg out about when you talk about Russia, or if you say anything good about Russia or, or like, Oh, Hey, you know, they're at least, at least Putin like pays lip service to like orthodoxy and things of that sort. They're like, Oh yeah, but there's like alcohol, the alcoholism rates are bad and there's abortion and prostitution and there's all these bad things. And like there's all these bad things everywhere because humanity exists. Right. Right. Okay. And like, would you like, rather your world leader not pay lip service? Exactly. Would you rather exactly. them being like, like, I don't know, demon, demon worshiping baby eaters. <laughs> Cause that's what we've got. <laughs> or, or even more, would you rather have demon? What would you say? Demon worshiping baby eaters that pay lip service to you or demon worshiping baby eaters who don't pay lip service to you? And who hate you and try to trans right. your kids, you know? Right. These things are, are, this is a very easy thing to parse unless you, you have completely baked your mind with ideology. Yeah. If you've yeah, got, right. you're if you have an ideological gesture, frame right. about every single thing, then gestures, it's going to make you retarded. Even if they're, even if they're empty, like gestures are important. Mm -hmm. Like symbolism matters. Yes. Yeah, people, this is the, the Jonathan, pa this is what makes Jonathan Pajot start stimming, is when people, like, contrast symbolic with real, he's like, he'll spurg out, he's like, no, no, symbolic is not the opposite <coughs> of real. Every, like, we live our, symbolic our is like hyper symbolically. Yes. When we communicate, when we talk to each other, we're using symbols. <laughs> There's a symbol. See, that symbol communicates something to me. That thing is very real. <laughs> that, that Cooper is given to Fitz. <laughs> to start, like, biting your shoulder. 
<laughs> I said an, an additional point is that Russia is supposed to be wasting away and suffering under the, under the costs of war and economic sanction. The grocery item's price point isn't supposed to indicate some type of one-to-one -one comp with the U.S. It's demonstrating that they aren't crumbling and wasting away. Like they're, you know, the 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 autism to immediately go to like comparing cost of living in the U.S. and Canada as if as if Tucker is going over there to like demonstrate that you're just completely trapped in the wrong frame. You completely aren't even seeing the world around you. If your response to Tucker going over there is, oh, the reason he's going here is to try to make it like, oh, Russia's actually really super great. And it's even better than the United States. And I mean, this is like. Uh... Yeah, it's OK. We've spent the past few years. OK, Russia. We already have this belief that Russia is like a second world shithole um, and that. Oh, and now there's this war and they're under sanctions and. We have all these conceptions in our head, like, oh, Russia, 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 Russia. They're probably doing terrible because, you know, we're powerful and stuff. And I think he's just kind of showing, like, hey, they're doing all right. Right. They're fine. Yeah. These are people, you know, they're just, they're people there who are going about their life normal. These aren't like, these aren't like insane non-humans. They're just ordinary people. And this is, this is what normal journalism is. I mean, I, I imagine like, you have you know, imagine the sort of of resources and coordination and the sheer cost of organizing a trip like this imagine everything that goes into that you're going to you, i'm i'm sure he's got probably a team of i don't know somewhere between 25 and 50 people traveling with him imagine coordinating all that and then you guys are sitting here like game planning how everything's going to go making sure your security routes mapped out and like doing all this and you're like okay now our purpose in doing all of this is we want to we want the guys on Twitter to think that that Russia is better than the U.S. Like that that's like what's going through their head as they're going and doing all of this. There's uh, 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 one th one thing that is is clearly uh, a negative side effect of social media and the, the the general brainwashing campaigns of the day is that it's made people even ostensibly smart people really one dimensional in their analysis of things. They have like a really low resolution view of the world and they just kind of automatically lump everything into like, it's like there's this like magnetic thing that everything has to go whoop right into these like these tight little clusters of with no gray area, no nuance, no understanding of detail. It's just, it's very low resolution. I bet I could guess based off of how people react to have reacted to this, I bet I could guess with like uh, 75% certainty who's a millennial versus who's a Zoomer. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, the Zoomers aren't going to be... Well, by and large, the vast majority of the Zoomers aren't even going to care at all or aren't even pay any attention whatsoever. So, well, and the ones who do care, ones... like... Well, I think Zoomers are kind of at least the ones who are... Uh, woke as the kids say um like they just immediately recognize it's it's kind of like how uh it's like how our parents had to learn how to use like phones and technology and stuff but we're like we grew up with it so it's just we it's just kind of the air the, the water we swim in was just a natural extension of ourselves recognizing propaganda is just like a natural extension it's just like another mm -hmm. energy that's baked into the 
the person that is Cooper. Right. Yeah, and he's and and the, the way that they're choosing to go about this whole thing is it's like self-conscious propaganda. They're doing it very propagandistically. I mean, having that music as they're as they're showing the subway and everything like this isn't this isn't like uh, some sort of neutral uh, uh, presentation of things. It's it's being done over the top. They're going over the top with the propaganda on it, and I think it's a self conscious thing because they're mirroring this age old practice of the corporate media, where the corporate media uses all of these techniques and all these these aesthetics and 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 they frame the story up for you. So, but we're so used to their methods of, of the way that they use it that it doesn't. It seems jarring to see those propaganda methods being used for um, to send a different message. We're not used to seeing that kind of thing, and so I think that's off-putting to people, and people don't know how to deal with it. And then they, you know, they're they're uh, like they don't have any uh, um, uh, like respect for Tucker, or they think that he's a that he's a shill or something like that. You could tell that that Putin obviously had a lot of respect for him. The way that he kind of busted his balls, the, some of the things he said to him, you could tell that uh, that they they definitely. Um, number one, he recognizes that that Tucker is an outsider with respect to the regime, and that uh, he like he made he made a jab to him about cup about Tucker wanting to be a part of the CIA. Um, he, they were talking about the CIA, and he goes he goes the CIA that 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 organization that you wanted to to join once upon a time. I understand. Um, but he said, he said something like, fortunately, it's a serious, he said like, it's a serious organization. So we're fortunate that you didn't, that you didn't join it. Um, so he kind of like gave him a little jab, but then he also like kind of gave him a backhanded compliment too. Question. What? <clears throat> For the chat, audio levels between Matt and I, is the volume relatively the same? Every freaking time I got to like mess with my gain here. Cause somebody is upset. Everyone's saying that the audio is doing? Fine. Are we good? Coop is a bit higher. Of course I am. All right, whatever. All right. Continue. Okay. So the uh, the one other subject that I do you have any other any other thoughts on the Tucker Carlson, Putin, Russia, any anything related to that? We're gonna pivot. No, but we could uh, we could laugh about India some more. That was fun. Oh, the uh, um uh, the, the meat tenderizing, tenderizing the dogs with your feet. It's kind of like it's kind of like you know how you normally have those like you make wine. You've got the big uh, like the wine press. Yeah, yeah. Put all the grapes in, and you, <laughs> they just throw the a whole bunch of dead African dogs village. <laughs> they get the whole village to come step on it, like all the kids. <laughs> all the street dogs come and toss them in there, and then you just jump up and down on them. <laughs> Occasionally, well, wait, they don't eat dogs, do they? I don't know. I assume they because that could assume... be like your uncle. <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So, different subject altogether, but somehow still related. Check this out, Cooper. Do you see these videos going around today? 
I saw, yes, I did see two. So this one here is a, um, so this is uh, OpenAI's new tool, Sora, which is basically kind of like Dolly. Well, this guy says it's, uh, it, the simple term would be, the simple understanding is it's Dolly, but for, for videos as opposed to just pictures. And this guy goes into a real big breakdown of, of the, the technicals of it, which are completely over my head. I don't care. Um, the prompt for this one was photorealistic close-up video of two pirate ships battling each other as they sail inside a cup of coffee. So look at this. You can still tell that it's, uh, um, that it's AI generated, but it's, Oh yeah. Yeah. It's pretty good. Yeah. You can tell that this is, yeah, we're, we're, we're like weeks away from, from. Yeah. I mean, like this is what CGI looked like 10, 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. So let me pull up a couple other videos here just to, um, <clears throat> they were doing a bunch of different prompts. I'm going to share these guys here. Thank you, TK. $2 US. Switch to live chat. <clears throat> I don't know what that means. What does switch to live chat mean? You have to clarify. I switched to live as opposed to what? Top chat? Oh, <clears throat> that's right. So here's another one. It still hits the uncanny valley just a little bit. Yeah. This one here, it's got some weird mistakes in it. But like, if you weren't, if you weren't like really looking at it, so like the weird mistakes on this one really stand out, but if you weren't looking really closely, like if you just were like watching one of the people or something, it would be tough, tough to pick out that this is completely AI generated. It's another cool one. Sorry to everybody who's, who's just listening to the audio. Uh, you can just go to, uh, to, to Twitter. All I did is just searched Sora, S-O-R-A on Twitter. And here's another little one. It's like, imagine a movie made with this. Yeah. Based right wing, based, based right wing trad movie. Yes. That is, that is the upshot here. Here's another, this one's crazy. Like this one, I haven't seen anything yet that would tip me off about it being fake, apart from the fact that it's so realistic. Yeah, it's too. It's like when you watch those uh, like super high definition five zillion K TV screens and every like everything looks wrong. Do you mm-hmm. know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I don't yeah. know how to describe this phenomenon. But when you watch like uh, you watch a TV show or something on these like super high definition TVs where it starts to look fake, it's too clear. Yeah, it's too clear. Yeah. This is the first one that I saw. That's really impressive, dude. Isn't it incredible? All the plants and everything. That's that's mind blowing. The prompt for this one was a white and orange tabby cat is seen happily darting through a dense garden as if chasing something. Its eyes are wide and happy as it jogs forward, scanning the branches, flowers, and leaves as it walks. The path is narrow as it makes its way between all the plants. The scene is captured from a ground level angle, followed following the cat closely, giving a low and intimate perspective. The image is cinematic with warm tones and a grainy texture. 
The scattered daylight between the leaves and plants above creates a warm contrast, accentuating the cat's orange fur. The shot is clear and sharp with a shallow depth of field. Tilt shift? Is that what I'm describing? Tilt shift? Hmm. Yeah, whatever. Mm. I don't care that much. In any case, that's mind-blowing, dude. That looks really good. Right? It's really remarkable. So, of course, um, all of the Doomers are, <laughs> well, Emmanuel says, prompt a cat walking through Matt's beard. <laughs> uh, of course, all the Doomers are, are, are out talking about how just terrible and awful and, and, and insurmountably horrifying this is going to be. And it, ugh. I, I, there's 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 a pattern here. The doomers really really grind my gears. Yeah yeah, everything sucks. I remember it was a couple months ago. I was seeing I saw on Twitter there was um, videos of like robots that were chiseling out um, like from like a marble block or something. They were like chiseling out statues that looked almost they looked they looked like classical Greco Roman statuary. They looked really good. And all the Doomers were freaking out. They're like, oh, this is so terrible because all real art is going away and the robots are doing... I'm like, dude, this means that we can have like beautiful cities for cheap now. Right. <clears throat> oh, whoa. Like the real artists are always going to have their... You know, they'll have the rich people who really want them. But, you know... Like the, someone who's really talented at sculpting or something like that, they're, they're going to have their... Uh, they're going to have their click... They're going to have their their clientele, rich people who are trying to like launder their dirty money and stuff and get like out of taxes or whatever. They'll, they'll have their market. But for everyone else <clears throat> who kind of sucks, maybe you could just stop doing that thing that you kind of suck at. Let the robot do it. And then we could have beautiful statues everywhere and it'd be cheap. Yes. So random username here sent me some uh, animated videos of our uh, of our stills. I'm going to have to. Uh, I don't want to, I don't want to dox him. So, um, uh, I'm going to have to, I'll, I'll, I'll play them on another episode, but these, these are incredible. <clears throat> it's like the logo for, uh, the King Pilled logo, like coming to life, like moving with stuff moving beside it. And then it gradually turns into an actual human face. It's really trippy. <laughs> uh, I hope it doesn't look like me. <laughs> I think it starts looking less and less I like me. That's what I'm going to say. I am 26 years old, Carlos. So the reason that the, um, oh, he says his Discord name is fine. Okay. Daddy, Daddy, I'm here. You're here. Hi, bud. What are you doing? Hi, Eastwood. You got mommy's phone like a headlight? You want to say hi to everybody? Say hi, everyone. Hi, everyone. <laughs> Hi, Eastwood. Are you going to bed? Mm-hmm. All right. I love you, big guy. Me too, Daddy. You going to be good for Mommy? <laughs> oh, I love his mullet. See all of what? Guys? All the guys? Yeah, here. You want to see Uncle Cooper better? <clears throat> there he is. What's up, buddy? <laughs> all right. <clears throat> Because I might need to use it. 
I bought a pair of over-ear headphones because um, I've seen enough tweets now about AirPods causing brain cancer. So I'm going to try to use them less. So I bought a pair of uh, of, of over-ears and he keeps coming up and seeing it. And he goes, he goes, daddy, you have ear protection. So he just asked me, daddy, why do you have your ear protection up here? <laughs> Everything, okay. anything like that is ear protection to him. Jason, Mr. Two-Bit Jason, you got to stop, dude. You gotta stop. The concept is great. You gotta like work on the marketing. You you sound like a boomer. You know, like when like when Trump's like vote Trump in all capital letters. That's what you remind me of when you go like sounds like you're talking about building some civilizational capital there, Cooper. You know, you always do that where you slip that in like fifty times a stream. You all over Twitter. You're just like, oh, you know what would be really interesting, guys? Civilizational capital. <laughs> No one knows what you're talking about but us. Stop it. But then they're going to want to know. <laughs> Are they? Maybe if you come up with a better name instead of just <laughs> civilizational capital. All right, that does it. We're going to have a debate on this show between <laughs> Cooper and Jason <laughs> debating uh, names for for the for the the concept. <laughs> I will come up with an infinitely better name. Give me like two days. I'm good at this. That is true. You are very good at it. <clears throat> Although it shouldn't take you two days. Let me see if I can. Uh... Well, I'll probably forget about it. So. Yeah, I don't want to. I would. I would be doxing some other people to share my Discord screen. So, um, I'll get it. I'll get it easier. Easier to share, and I'll do it later. Um. So this. Uh, this tweet. <clears throat> so all these people that are, 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 they're so concerned about the, uh, the, the, the negative, the potential negative effects of Matt. What have you heard about civilizational capital? <laughs> no, tell me more. You're thinking primal. You need to think civ. Stop thinking so primal. I'm talking bad. I'd like shit. to know more. Go to two go to two bit podcast on YouTube. <laughs> Xavier says he likes Red Cooper more than the green one. I got Xavier sick with the AIDS. I gave Xavier my AIDS. <laughs> Civilizationalism. We we discussed that, Magoo. I, I I really went to the went to the map for that one, but you know, for some reason people just don't like it. I don't know why. Civilizationalism. I don't like the ism. It just flows right out. Civilizationalism. <laughs> Anyhow. Anyhow. Yeah, I'm red. I'm red today. I'm red. Actually, now I'm red. I'm just red now. From, from now on, I'm red. I'm evil now. I'm evil, Cooper. We've had your heel turn. Yeah. I'm going to the dark side. I want to get like the force <laughs> lightning and shit. <laughs> you know, we could, could probably be out from a... here. I know you're into that. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> We should we should uh, uh, we should make a, a video. I wonder if you if you can do this. If you can give it like a video prompt. It seems like like Darren did it with the the thing he did. But if you can uh, uh, give a uh, like a video prompt or like a, an image prompt and then turn it into a video. So do a video of you uh, and like actually have you like give it having force lightning coming out and everything. This I think this would be very doable very soon. <clears throat> Oh yeah, we could do that. Anyway, anyway, anyway. I don't mean to derail the whole conversation. Just 
Jason hasn't said anything since then, so maybe I pissed him off. <laughs> well, Jason's always a little pissed off, so we'll, yeah. we can we can hop on the voice chat later and and hash it out between it's like the two. Seething, of putting a cigarette out on his hand, like I'm get the fucking kid. <laughs> Uh, this is what I wrote. I said, anyone who clutches pearls about the danger of realism of AI videos, a la Sora, is just advertising himself as an outrage porn doomer whose instincts are wired to assume that stasis is good and dynamism is evil. <clears throat> it only takes a third brain cell to recognize that the inability to differentiate between what is real and what is not will naturally produce two effects. One, new techniques that we don't know about yet, but inevitably they're going to show up, new techniques for identifying the non-real. So, like, for example, there was, like, the bizarre fingers things on AI art. That's just an example. Obviously, everything's going to get better, and so there's going to be – it's going to be tougher and tougher to figure out what the differentiating point is. But at some point, there's – like, this is the way these technology cycles work. Everyone thinks the new technology is going to be the thing that just ends all things. And then, inevitably, when you, you get – I was going to say 8 billion, but it's probably more like, I don't know, a billion of – people on the earth actually digging into it eventually they find the, the weak points they 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 suss out whatever the thing is that's going to be able to help you differentiate between the real and the non-real on top of that if it was if if there were no no differentiating features if there were no weird little little uh artifacts or whatever that would that would differentiate it as not real then what you're going to get is just a a total loss of trust in video evidence which is already of questionable utility anyway. <clears throat> there's there's like there's certain kinds of, of of video evidence that's like not even admissible in the court of law just because it's so so uh, demonstrably provable that even video doesn't fully demonstrate reality. So having everyone who's like, oh no, people are gonna get framed for someone's gonna make a fake video of someone doing something and that person's just gonna be hopelessly hauled off to prison. If this becomes a documented phenomenon, that you that, that this what this does is it destroys video evidence. Video evidence becomes of, of of no utility whatsoever. So, if anything, if you're one of these um, uh, <clears throat> accelerationist skeptics, skeptics, then you should be cheering this on. Also, because it, it's going to revert us back to not using video for for proving things at all. Also, and this is one of Buck, uh, Mr. Buck Johnson's theories, was that uh, I remember him a while back talking about how he thought in the not too distant future, AI was going to take over for like basically like OnlyFans chicks and stuff like that would be put out of a job mm -hmm. because you could get gooners who were just like they could just punch into their AI thing and get hyper specific about whatever degenerate shit they want that no chick is ever going to be able to live up to. So the chicks are just going to be forced to have to go like, you know, go be mothers and stuff. So that's, you know, there's that as well. White mm -hmm. pill. Right. You can finally get a girlfriend guys. <laughs> yeah. She won't be doing OnlyFans anymore. Mm hmm. Did you see, you saw a trend with, they were, they were taking all the, uh, uh, I think it was 4chan or someone doing it, taking all the OnlyFans chicks and putting clothes on them. Yeah, I did see and that. like showing them with kids, like showing them dressed up in like a like an apron and and a nice dress, holding a baby, and <laughs> and so all the women were like 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 freaking out about uh, men trying to control women's bodies. <laughs> did you hear about like the Taylor Swift stuff that went on like a week ago? I heard about it. I didn't see it. Yeah, I didn't see anything either. But I heard that someone was putting AI 
lewd images of Taylor Swift. Mm-hmm. And the uh, uh, oh no, we're gonna get random username worked up here. Uh, he has he has a theory about Taylor Swift, and um, <laughs> I don't. He can he can he can put it he can put it in the chat if he wants to wants to actually go public with it. I don't know if he does. I think he probably does, but I'll let him say it. Um, but uh, Taylor Swift was a. Um, they, I think the DOJ or something said that they were going to be looking into it, this egregious wow. violation of privacy or something like that. She's a, she's one of the special citizens. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So on the positive side, so that's that's one positive thing that you're you're mentioning. What I wrote is on the positive side, this technology is laying the groundwork for single individuals or small coordinated groups to produce media or propaganda that can compete with billion dollar studios in terms of quality at a micro fraction of the budget. Who needs Hollywood when you have an entire production studio in your phone or PC? Take that time spent mewling about danger and invest it in owning the AI video production space. Tell our stories, the ones that major studios would either never pick up or completely pervert. Stop reacting and start building. So I want to, this is something else that's going to get a random username all excited because I know this is a, this is the bailiwick of his lately. Um, (laughs) So here's, here's the potential of this sort of thing. Uh, so one of the points he makes here is, uh, AI will completely remove propaganda power from Hollywood. Anyone will be able to tell high quality movies or sell high quality movies or TV for pennies. Gatekeepers will be powerless. And here's some film examples. So he says, AI will put the whole industry out of work within five years. Thankfully, end of an era when anyone can make a Hollywood film, the propaganda machine grinds to a halt. So these are these are examples of films. Was that all AI? Mm-hmm. That was fucking awesome, dude. Isn't it great? I can't wait. This is this is incredible. In this world, we don't wear masks to hide, but to reveal our truest nature in its most proud form. In this dance of predator and prey, a hare may run. Do a couple more of them here. A protagonist, Barry, searched within the haunted hallways he helped design for an escape. He was afraid something was waiting for him just around the corner. 
He was right. His fictional creations had come to life to haunt him. What comes next? Stay tuned for the next episode. So and you can says... get around. You could get around like the uh, the uncanny valley thing if you just kind of lean into the animated sort of uh huh aesthetic. Then it's fine. Yeah, yeah. There's uh, people would if you made a a, a movie like, like that, make a right Pixar now, movie that that's that. based. <clears throat> yes, yes. This is what random username said here. Two dollar super chat. He said, "Clean AI generated ch- children's shows." That that would be an absolutely enormous market. You realize. All these these kids YouTube channels that's just like random whatever entertaining content. Freaking a lot of it is very clean and wholesome, and it is these videos get tens of millions of views. <laughs> yeah, hundreds of millions of views. Some of them are like people building Rube Goldberg machines in their backyard and then running a, a little marble through it or something, and the kids <laughs> one of the sit and watch it. Yeah, there's one that my son used to watch when he was really little of a guy who would just like run over things with his car, like a two liter Coke or like some Tupperware or uh-huh. he just run over things. Uh, yeah, like tens of millions of views. A paint this... bottle. So this is the this is the upside. This is the the if you're if if you're not completely overtaken by ideological doomerness. Then imagine a world, which is essentially upon us now, where you could have one guy who starts creating videos like this, and he could be an entire film studio by himself. One single guy, there's, prob- there's probably going to be like, I don't know, a half a dozen to a dozen guys who are going to be the film studios that replace Disney, that replace Marvel. And you could run your film studio out of your garage in Oklahoma. You could go live out in the middle of nowhere, use Starlink, and be your own film studio. You can get a number of different people who, who come together and they form their own little film studios. The, the barrier to entry is getting lower all the time. Don't give me this doomerism about how these, the... Every single new thing that comes on the scene is going to be... is going to have... A bunch of negative aspects and a bunch of positive aspects. If you are to to borrow our friend Jason's uh, model here, if you're part of this primal frame, then you're going to focus on the negative aspects of every single thing that comes around. How this is going to be dangerous. How this is going to put us in gulags. How this is going to be used as a weapon against us. This is this is feminine, conservative victim uh this is a a feminine conservative victim perspective you see yourself fundamentally as a victim that's being imposed upon by the world it's impotent signaling gunakry with all of these same things it's gunakry yes with all of these same things you can also find the positive thing like this that you could use to make yourself and your your descendants wealthier beyond imagination Imagine the propaganda potential of something like this. Oh, they're going to know that too, so they're going to try to stop it. Let them. Account for it. Recognize that they're going to try to stop it and figure out how to do it in a way that they can't stop. This is just a never-ending game. Now that this has already been developed, I don't think it'll be very long before just like, you know, your average Joe developer can just make a program that does this. Mm Mm-hmm. 
It's like uh, you know, you had ChatGPT, which is uh, you know, filtered by by the powers that be, and then you have what um, is it Grok or like uh, or mm-hmm. Gab Gab AI, where they're just like, oh, we're ba- we're just gonna take that, but we're gonna not put all the filters in. Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah, yeah, maybe OpenAI is gonna put a bunch of filters and what you can and can't do or whatever. Okay, and then someone's gonna make their own thing where you can do whatever you want. I guarantee, like, I guarantee it'll be a week. It'll be, like, less than a week before porn studios get a hold of this. Oh, yeah. You know, this is... Which, again, you can look at the bright side of this and and, and the, the, the dark side of it. Yes! The dark side Thank of you. it is that... Random is username. That... We can finally have good, solid, like, Bible TV shows, Bible movies that don't suck. Yes! Imagine being able to tell the being able to tell the story of like Saint Moses the Black, in oh, yeah. like photorealistic quality, or any of the other amazing Christian stories, and being able to 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 frame them from our perspective, be able to use our resources to get these out to a mass audience. <clears throat> Magoo says, "Dark side of the goon." <laughs> the dark side of the goon. Yeah, it means that 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 pornography is going to become um uh even more uh uh prolific and easy to generate that also means that it's going to provide a huge disincentive for people who are in the porn business to get out of the porn business the vast majority of them are going to have no reason to be in it anymore the small minority of them are going to completely own the market of real porn because there's going to be a demand for real porn that's not digital porn but that's only going to be available for a, for a small number of people on net, the vast number of people like these these uh, OnlyFans chicks are going to have no more market for their services. There's a there's a dark side. There's a light side. You can choose. You you you're you're in a build a reality simulation here. You can choose which reality you want to to uh, give life to. If you choose to focus on the downside of every single thing, that's just this is just paranoia. There's a big paranoia problem among our guys. We got we got to get out of this 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 like th- that's the longhouse. The longhouse is this like uh, deeply <laughs> deeply penetrated paranoia that resides in the skulls of of dudes online. Deeply penetrated paranoia that resides in the bowels of guys online. The bowels, yeah. <laughs> Being yeah, gay. that's where it gets. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I want to, so, uh, good friend Magoo here in the chat, he just shared a video with me. I haven't seen this, so we're going to get, get live reaction here and then we should probably wrap for about an hour and a half. Um, uh, oh, I just wanted to, I, I highlighted it on the screen, but for the audio, random username sent a $10 super chat. He said, I'm making an AI series about trucks that talk, forget cars. He said, construction Inc. That's, that's incredible. Like, there you go. My son will devour it. If you made a TV series about talking construction trucks, they could literally just be like doing a job and just talking to each other about doing the job. And it could have no no subplot, nothing else. It could just be them like, you know, contractors I, there on the job. Yeah. I'm scooping up the dirt. I yeah. am dumping the dirt. Yeah. I am bulldozing the dirt. Yes. <laughs> I am shoveling the dirt. 
All right. So <clears throat> I am eating my lunch. I'm chewing up rocks. All right. So a uh, good friend of the show here, Magoo, uh, he just DM'd this to me. He said, uh, Vladimir Putin commenting on his interview with Tucker Carlson. I haven't seen this. I don't know anything about what's in here. So we're going to get, get a live reaction. He said, I think that you're Carlson. I missed what he said. I just realized I'm going to have to read this out loud for the people listening. I think that you're Carlson. When I say your, I mean that he is a representative of your trade, speaking to a reporter. A journalist is a dangerous person. He thinks Tucker Carlson's a dangerous person. And here's why. Because I honestly thought he was going to be aggressive and ask these so-called tough questions. I wasn't just ready for it, I wanted it, because it would have given me the opportunity to respond sharply as well, which I think would have given our whole conversation a certain specificity. But he chose another tactic. He tried to interrupt me several times, but still, surprisingly for a Western journalist, he was patient. He listened to my long ideologies, especially about history, and did not give me an excuse to do what I was ready to do. So, frankly, I did not fully enjoy the interview. <laughs> he laughs. But he rigidly followed his plan and he executed his plan. But how meaningful it was in the end is not for me to judge. It is for the viewers, listeners, maybe readers of the material. They need to form their own opinions. Hmm. What do you think of it? I don't really have any thoughts. Um, I was kind of hoping that Tucker would be a little more combative so that Putin could get combative as well because that'd be more fun to watch. Uh-huh, yeah. But I think Putin's it's definitely right. a dry Tucker interview. was doing a thing. Yes. And that's, and that's interesting that he, you know, Tucker has, he has his Tucker face and he has like, there's a lot of people who don't like Tucker who who see him as like shallow or simple. And I don't know how you could possibly get that from. Yeah, I, 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 I don't. I don't even know how you would possibly see Tucker as shallow or simple. He's very clearly extremely calculated. I love his yeah his dumb face when he Tucker faces. <laughs> Magoo says I thought it was interesting Putin's expectation from a Western journalist while soft dunking on Tucker to flex his own position of power. Yeah, he uh it's interesting the way he has these archetypes of like western journalists, like what a western journalist does, how they act and everything. And in the west, like even if even for someone like us who see ourselves as outsiders of the regime, even if someone said, "Well, what what would be a characteristic of a western journalist?" It would probably be hard for us to think in that category. Like we we don't think of like eastern journalists or you know, we, like it's kind of, at least for me, it's kind of equivalent. Western journalists is kind of, I never really considered there'd be different archetypes of journalists outside of the yeah, Western journalists. Journalist. Right, right. But he clearly has a, an, a, an archetype of the Western journalist, 
And so he came in here expecting Tucker to, to, to go at it with him. And Tucker was like, no, I'm just going to let you talk. And it, so it kind of put him off of his game a little bit. So he's, I think, <clears throat> I don't know that he's, he's soft dunking on him. Um, I think that he's like, I think he's actually like, he says he's dangerous. And that's an interesting thing to connect here that he's like, this guy is not just a journalist. This guy's a lot more than a journalist. He's got a deep understanding of what's going on. And he, I was coming here expecting to, to control the conversation. And he wound up controlling the conversation a little bit by off-putting me. I was expecting a fight and then he didn't come here to fight me. So then I didn't really know how to relate to him. And he just sat there and he listened and he let me say my piece. And so yeah, it's a, it's very interesting. It, 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 uh, it just confirms to me my read of this being more than just a journalist going and interviewing a head of state. This was an opening of, of diplomatic channels and establishing uh, a relationship for the future, whatever that may hold. All right. Well, that's all I had. Deuces, folks. If you'd like to join the King Pilled Discord, I'll be on the voice chat here in a little bit. We can talk more about this or any other thing you want to talk about. Somebody commented on one of our last episodes and said, well, he says all these other other people, like if I DM them, then they'll respond to me. I don't need to go to their Discord and pay money to go talk to them. And, and I said, well, if you, if you DM me, I'll respond to you too. But like, we have a whole community of people in there. There's a whole bunch of guys. And the reason why it's not free is because it's precisely so that we can screen out the type of people who would complain about it costing money. Like if you're going to complain about it costing money, then you're not the type of person that we want in there. <coughs> it's 10 bucks. <coughs> like you can get in there for 10 bucks. <coughs> we happen to believe in immigration around here. Yep. yep. That's our border. Immigration restriction, I should say. That's our border. A border fee. Yes. Yep. And doing a YouTube show doesn't pay well. So um, we appreciate those of you who support us. And um, if you would like to support us, then you can go to subscribestar.com slash kingpilled. You can join the group. And <laughs> Tubit says, I DM Matt and pay for the Discord, and I don't get responses to my DMs half the time. Well, that's because you DM me in too many different places. <laughs> I can't keep up with all of them. <laughs> I'm also, I tend to be bad at responding to messages from people because I get, every aspect of my life involves getting messages from people. I'm in real estate. I'm doing startup stuff. I'm doing, uh, uh, the, I do the show here. Got the third position nutrition. Got all these different gotta, things and everyone's always sending me messages. Gotta talk to me for five hours a day. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. We got to make sure that we're, uh, that we're simpatico. I don't want a wedge to come between us, Cooper. It'd be unfortunate if a it wedge would. came between us. You're my mm -hmm. godfather. That's right. We are spiritually bound together for eternity. Indeed. Oh man. I I never I never thought of that. Yeah, you can't get rid of me, motherfucker. <laughs> for eternity? Really? Yeah. If that isn't a reason to apostatize. <laughs> Make the sign of the cross here. <laughs> All right. We'll see you later, guys. Later.